Faith, Hope and Love, episode 352, the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. A 17th century French writer with quite an unpronounceable name had some very interesting quotes that fit with this weekend's readings. He writes, If we had no faults, we would not take so much pleasure in noticing those of others. He also writes, Most faults are more pardonable than the means by which one tries to hide them. And finally, We gain more by letting our real selves be seen than pretending to be what we are not. Inspired by today's gospel, I've long felt that unless one can say something out of love, motivated truly by compassion and goodwill, any intended attempt to correct someone that we might be tempted to offer to another will miss the mark. That is to say, if one cannot say something with love and compassion, don't say it at all, it probably won't work. And so we have no right to criticise others unless we ourselves are free of faults which simply means we have no right to criticise. If we happen to be intent on fixing up faults and weaknesses, we'd be much more productive by inviting Christ to pour his healing and challenging grace upon our own sins and omissions, rather than focusing on others. There's plenty of work to be done in me, in this heart. Jesus warned that no teacher can lead his students beyond the stage which they themselves have reached. Our Lord is teaching us that he desires everyone who follows him to become a true teacher by example, by being attentive students of him and his message and ways. He makes it clear that we cannot be true disciples of him unless our closeness to Jesus and his teachings leads us to become more and more like him in word, thought and action. That's because Christ desires us to be teachers by example first, modelling our lives and priorities on his. This requires us to be really alert and attentive and self-aware, open enough and humble enough so as to notice and address the areas that we have in our own lives of spiritual blindness that we can all suffer from, lest we foolishly try to lead people, only for both the leader and follower to fall into a hole together. Speaking the words of Christ could very well have a very limited effect if our everyday actions and attitudes contradict those words or drown them out. The loudest, most effective message we can possibly send is by the unspoken eloquence of our actions and priorities. And surely the best way to show the truth and primacy of Christianity is to show by our lives that actively following in the footsteps of Jesus produces outstanding men and women who are filled with compassion who are reverent, generous, loving, gentle, just, inclusive, and merciful. What a wonderful testimony, and it doesn't necessarily need words. The fruits and results of our lives, and what we say and where we spend most of our time and energy, these are powerful revelations of where our heart is truly abiding. Our Lord so wisely pointed out that nothing speaks louder about the truth of a person than what they do and say in unguarded moments. Few things show the state of a person's heart better than the words spoken when talking freely, unguardedly, and saying the first thing that comes into one's head. When our hearts are very close to the Lord's, our unguarded and surprising moments in life 
will still lead to an outpouring of the fruits of the Spirit, which should be lying so close to the surface. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness. This is Faith, Hope and Love. When I was a child My youthful heart when it was running wild But wiser now I will rest those ways Though somehow a part of me can say For faith, hope and love abide And the greatest one is love The greatest gift in all creation A gift that's lighter than the words of you Not resentful, but gaining joy in truth For faith, hope, and love abide And the greatest one is love The Lord became my protector. He brought me out to a place of freedom. He saved me because he delighted in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone, and may our Lord's care comfort you deeply. Brothers and sisters, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the Lord's Supper, let's first recall our sins and acknowledge them in silence. Lord Jesus, you were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God.
Let us pray to come more deeply under Christ's peaceful rule. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule, and that your church may rejoice untroubled in her devotion. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Sirach. When a sieve is shaken, the refuse appears. So do one's faults when one speaks. The kiln tests the potter's vessels. So the test of a person is in tribulation. Its fruit discloses the cultivation of a tree. So a person's speech discloses the cultivation of the mind. Do not praise someone before they speak, for this is the way people are tested. The Word of the Lord. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your truth in the watches of the night. The just will flourish like the palm tree and grow like a Lebanon cedar. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Still bearing fruit when they are old, still full of sap, still green. To proclaim that the Lord is just, in him, my rock, there is no wrong. Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, when this perishable body puts on imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. 
Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Shine on the world like bright stars. You are offering it the word of life. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into the pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you seek the speck in your neighbour's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbour, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbour's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Out of the good treasure of the heart, the good person produces good, and out of evil treasure, the evil person produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord There was a time when people in business would be proud to say, my word is my bond. Once they'd given their word on a transaction, then it was considered binding. Sometimes all it took was a handshake, no paperwork or expensive contracts. Sadly, today, such a simple arrangement is no longer sensible, even for the most ordinary of deals. People seem to need something solid to seal the deal, a deposit an escape clause or a default condition at the very least. Now, while it might be prudent to have such guarantees, it does feed a suspicion we have when doing business, even with people we know. What seems to be missing these days is the quality called integrity. That understanding of wholeness, of being complete, not being divided in any way. It also means being well-rounded as well as practical, sturdy, rational and realistic. 
It's an excellent quality to possess, but sadly frequently lacking in the world of commerce these days. At its core is an uncompromising adherence to a code of morals or other values, being sincere and being honest. While it's not something we openly advertise about ourselves, our integrity becomes evident and clear to others through our relationships and interactions, essentially letting others know that we can be trusted not to be duplicitous or deceptive or shallow. Now today's Gospel draws the essence of integrity together in three separate sayings, which are part of what we now call Luke's Sermon on the Plains, which although shorter than Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, has a list of short one-liners challenging the listener to test the integrity of oneself as well as having a positive judgment of others. Now the three sayings have to do with the blind leading the blind, seeing the splinter in our companion's eye, and a good tree and its fruit. He applies these principles in three areas. For one thing, he reminds his listeners that there's not much point in a leader trying to lead others until they've been there themselves. Then he reminds us that we ought to have enough integrity to see both ourselves and others honestly, without bias. His mention of the splinter in our own eye is encapsulated in the old saying that there is so much bad in the best of us and so much good in the worst of us that it's pointless to talk about the rest of us. To the disciple who is concerned with the faults of another and ignores their own is a hypocrite, a term he usually reserves for the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, while our criticism of others may often be true, telling the truth about others is rarely a sufficient recommendation in itself. The process may be a little more than scapegoating, and at the end of that process, we usually end up with a victim, not a convert. If we really want people to pay attention to what we have to say, then we should be aware of our own shortcomings, and that any criticism that we might present does not emerge from self-righteousness. So if our words flow from what fills our heart, as Jesus suggests, then that kind of heart is behind the way we criticise others. It's been said that to have the right to censure, you have to have a heart to help. Now when people know that our heart is behind our censure, then what we say comes from a genuine attempt to help them. And then they might take heed. Unless goodness is at the heart of what we say of others, then we would do well to keep silent. Sharing the goodness in our heart does not always guarantee that others will greet our criticism with applause. People might rightly wonder if we are critical of others to them, what might we be saying about them to others? A double-edged sword, if you will. The final test of integrity is our ability to be able to be honest with ourselves. When no one is looking or listening, are we honestly able to say our intentions are noble and our values honourable? As the poem says, when you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that one has to say. For it isn't your mother or father or spouse whose judgment upon you must pass. The person whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass.
The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. This weekend we acknowledge how we can hinder the Lord's work in our lives and in our world. So let us pray for the healing the Lord alone can give us. that the leaders of the church may always live by the principles of Christian love and forgiveness. We pray to the Lord that Christians in positions of authority may influence their societies with Christ's love. We pray to the Lord that our families and friends may be filled with Christ's gentle forgiveness. We pray to the Lord that our community may build its life on the foundation of Jesus' teaching. We pray to the Lord that our dead may have comfort and know the Lord's saving love, especially those for whom we now pray. We pray to the Lord. We thank you, God, for your many gifts. We ask you to hear our prayers and grant us the grace to remain always true to the faith that you have given us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, May we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name. 
for our good and the good of all his holy church. O God, who provide gifts to be offered to your name and count our oblations as signs of our desire to serve you with devotion, we ask of your mercy that what you grant as the source of merit may also help us to attain merit's reward. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Preface 2 of Sundays in Ordinary Time The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For out of compassion for the waywardness that is ours, he humbled himself and was born of the Virgin. By the passion of the cross he freed us from unending death, and by rising from the dead he gave us life eternal. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one, by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistants, Ken and Tim, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters 
who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. And all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, to live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. I will sing to the Lord, who has been bountiful with me. Sing psalms to the name of the Lord, Most High. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Blessed Sacrament. I love you above all things. 
and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Nourished by your saving gifts, we beseech your mercy, Lord that by this sacrament with which you feed us in the present age, you may make us partakers of life eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone, and I acknowledge and give thanks to God for your wonderful prayers at this time of reflection upon God's word and encounter with God's sacrament.
Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Lent, and this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So a wonderful time of reflection and penance and good works in preparation for the season of Easter. It'll be wonderful to join you for this special time coming up. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Reverend Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love, Theme Hymn, in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stephen Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stephen Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2022. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today I arise through heavenly eyes, your grace to God and guide. Today it begins with strength from within, this day. I will